All right, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Lab NBA Podcast. Samuel here. We got Kev. Kev, say what's up. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good and we got Rico. Rico's off screen. Yo, what's good, y'all? All right, so it's officially been one month without NBA basketball. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, NBA has a 25-day plan to get back to basketball with an 11-day individual workouts utilizing social distancing and then a 14-day training camp whenever they get the go-ahead. Um, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett have been named to the 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame class. Uh, I'm happily with that. For sure. And then we got the NBA is um, donating one one million masks to the to New York City to help out with. Um, that was actually a couple weeks ago. So they probably, probably been done. I think it was like last week. Yeah. Um, Las Vegas is under serious consideration for the playoffs if and when they get back underway. So it'll be probably similar to summer league style, probably. And then, yeah. Uh, NBA, NBA started their horse competition. What was it? Was it yesterday or Friday? I think it was Friday, right? Probably Friday. I th- yeah, actually, yeah, Friday. I believe. I think I seen our photo two days ago. Exactly, being being pulled to or something like that. So probably two days ago. Well, if you missed it, you didn't miss anything. So really fair because I wasn't planning on watching it in the first place. Scott. Horrible, horrible video quality. We got, um, and then Paul Pierce keeps making himself look like a fool. You know like, what? Okay. Now, I'm, now I'm gonna just watch the Paul Pierce highlights just to see what he <laughs> I like want to see if he, he went up against, he went up against Zach. So that tells you what's unfair, you though. <laughs> that is unfair. <laughs> you put him up against one of the most un- athletic a, guards in the league. And I'm gonna guess Zach did a dunk. Nah, I don't even think he did a dunk. I don't even think Zach did a dunk. That, the one shot I saw was Zach did a reverse layup, but he, like, slapped the backboard with his other hand. And, like, Paul, Paul Pierce, Pierce, as soon as he launched, he just was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I give up. Like, that was it. They need to keep that man in this household in a wheelchair to sit down there Facts. and enjoy the rest of the day. Because he'd be doing too much, bro. I saw a tweet the other day. Someone was like, Paul Pierce was born to be a retired basketball player. Like, just, the way, <laughs> just the way he moved. Like. <laughs> yeah, they got that one. They got that one. They got him. I can see that. That's the fact <laughs> from that, from since he tried to do the dunk contest for the McDonald's All-American. He's <laughs> tripping. Uh, we got the 2K tournament Um, was re- recently finished. We got Devin Booker winning that one. So he beat his teammate, DeAndre Ayton, in the finals. So he's finally got some W's under his I don't know who's going against each other. Yeah. I, I thought each team had what a representative, though. Nah. They changed up. It wasn't they, like that. It wasn't even – I don't even think those are the, the – those are the original rules that I heard, but I found out later on that it was just random players. I don't know who organized it, honestly, but whoever it was, good for them, mm. I guess. I mean, about time they probably put some more entertainment on TV, but – it was, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. It wasn't I mean, entertaining because it's like two, two guys sitting in their cribs playing 2K. And then the only matches that were like interesting were the ones with Patrick Beverly. Cause like, he was like screaming on the mic and he was like yelling at his opponents. Like that's what made it entertaining. But yeah, other that than black that. Ups energy, that black ups energy really strong in Patrick Beverly, bro. That's a fact. Hey, I know he was trash talking every game. I know that man body. He was OD. But he was cooking, so I mean, if you could back it up, then why not? Who's in the finals? You said Aiden and Ambuka. Yeah, but Aiden had to go through Patrick Beverly to get to the finals, so that just tells you he's gonna do it. I like how KD lost the first round, but I his first seed. I hurt my heart. KD can't really do it by himself, but you know we're not gonna discuss this. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Kevin, you got anything to say for that? Yeah, yeah, hear something? <laughs> Yo, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, we got the Bulls. They hired a new president of basketball operations. Um, they're completely overturning their front office for the first time in um 22 years. 
I know the whole thing over there was like they wanted to fire Gar Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Um, John Paxson's actually still gonna. They're both actually still gonna be in the organization, but just with different roles. So they got a new president of basketball operations, and then they're gonna they're looking for a new GM. So makes sense. About time. A, a lot of other organizations need to do that. There's uh, also let's let's count the Knicks into that. Knicks that. already got a new president. They just got to get a new GM. It's just yeah, the Knicks it. with the Knicks has just got to be James Dolan's got to get out of there. But like from what I've heard from other players is that James Dolan really isn't the issue. Is because James Dolan just like he'll pay anybody that's over there. Like he has no problem with that. So he he tries to leave the basketball stuff to whoever he hires. If Whoever he hires, that's who's to blame for whatever happens to the Knicks. But that's another conversation for another day. I don't feel like talking about the Knicks. Speaking of the Knicks, actually, though, check out the fastbreaklayup.com. I wrote an article about the 2012-13 Knicks, one of the best Knicks teams ever. So we got that to talk about. We got that to um, review over there. Um, as you know, there's a rift between um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert following the um their coronavirus um diagnosis so there's that they said it's unsalvageable at this moment right now so it's just pretty wild cuz i feel like even though like you know rudy did kind of like says kind of like let's get the ball rolling i mean we still don't know if it was really him who caused it but. Yeah, and I feel like it's just on. It's just I don't know if it's like totally blown out of proportion because you know Donovan had to like self isolate. Probably couldn't like be with his fam for a little bit, so who knows? But hey, I mean, I know I heard Donovan Mitchell's from New York, so you know New York tried to get that boy over there. So I can say, well, about I mean that they have to move one of them. If y'all move one, though, who y'all moving? Who I'm moving? I'm keeping Donovan if I'm Utah. But if I'm a Knicks fan, I want Donovan to get traded to, you know, pull up over here because, you know, Donovan's from New York and he he's friends with Frank. So, you know, got some friendship right there. You know, just get the ball rolling. <laughs> but I know like Utah, I got to be. <laughs> no, I'm talking about that's how, that's how Knicks fans be sounding. Yeah, you know, KD's um, <laughs> chill. Before the Achilles, and, um, I'm jacking he was coming here. Before the Achilles blew out, I'm jacking he was coming here. Yeah, I know that. And then you know how they get. You know Kyrie, him and um, Frank Nilakita put AAU six seasons ago. <laughs> First of all, that's not even possible. Know? First, that's not even possible because Frank, Frank was in France and Kyrie was probably in, like, Australia or whatever. So. Also, DeAndre Jordan and Coach Woodson were best friends. and oh, that's like, We yeah. need Coach Woodson, man. That guy was the best. Nah, he definitely had you in the playoffs. He need to be in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a fifty-four win season, bro. Like you'd never see New York like that again. I'm not gonna lie though. If I'm Utah, I feel like if they trade Gobert, it's about to look real scary for them next season though. Because I feel like Utah is really known for like their defense, and I feel yeah, like yeah, Gobert's the anchor down there. Yeah, you lose Gobert, is like. I don't think Donovan could do it for them, right? I mean, at least right now. At least right now. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see how that goes, though. All right, so um, Bobby Marks, um, the GM, not the GM guy, but the, um, the front office guy in ESPN, he says this is most likely the best-case scenario for the rest of the NBA season. Um, early July, start of the NBA playoffs, mid-August NBA finals, end of August draft, September 1st, start of free agency. September 10th, summer league, fall league. Um, December 10th, training camp opens. And December 25th, regular season opens with 82 games. Mid-June, the regular season ends. And from now on, that would be the regular schedule. So. I will have to see that. I have to read that for myself to understand. Because in words, yeah, I got to see how are they going to do this, though? Basically, the season will so start December 25th are they going to have from like now a, on. Uh, record combined of 82 games. Repeat it, repeat it one more time. Um, one more so time. early July would be the start of the playoffs. Like, if they come back, like, late May, early June. Early July would be mm-hmm. the start of the NBA playoffs. Um, Mid-August would be the NBA finals. End of August would be the draft. September 1st would be the start of free agency. 
Um, September 10th would be the new fall league instead of summer league. Um, Mm -hmm. December 10th would be when training camp opens. And December 25th would be when um, the regular season opens from now on with a full 82-game slate. And then mid-June, the regular season would end. And that would be it for good. I mean, it'll probably get it'll probably be get be something to get used to, but we're in different times now, so we gotta take what we can get with sports at this point. So let's see how this goes. I'm interested for the playoffs, really. Facts. That's what I really want to see. Um, we'd have been in the playoffs right now. Playoffs would have been starting already. this week, actually. Probably, I think. Yeah. See, look at that. So that's disappointing to even hear at all. Yeah. yeah um, last headline before we get into this yeah, game we got here, um, this Kobe Bryant game. Crazy how we have a Kobe Bryant game on Mamba Day. Four years ago, he dropped 60 in his last game. So, yeah. But um, last bit of news I saw on Bleacher Report was um, Kevin Garnett wants to bring back the Supersonics. So... I mean, that's not a I'm bad interested. point. I'm interested in seeing that, but wouldn't they have to add like two more teams, another team with that to make it more fair? Make it even, so, yeah. Make it bring even back Vancouver. Year. Bring back Vancouver. Facts, bring back Vancouver. Oh, even New Jersey. Even, um, oh, no, we're not bringing back Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jersey, like, as much as, like, you know, Jason Kidd, you know, he had his little run, but nah, he got Jersey, Jersey. I, I would, I would, I want to cancel Jersey, but, <laughs> but <laughs> all of that. <laughs> yeah, bro, Jersey is not it. But yo, yeah, I, I want to <laughs> cancel Jersey. It's facts because they be right across the Holland Tunnel and be trying to come over here with their nonsense. But it's all good. Bro, they be me. trying to jack they from here, like move up with that. So, you know, yeah, Exhibit A is kind. Nah, I don't like. I don't like how they <laughs> feel. That's facts. New Jersey for trying to steal our lingo. You know, facts. Kyrie stayed jacking here is home. Bro, home is New Jersey. Get over there. Yeah. yeah what is it? Urban, I forgot where, where he's from in New Jersey. But all of a sudden, this is home all day, bro. Okay. <laughs> bro, he, nobody. Kyrie. I would never forget, bro, his promo video. I think he was, like, walking across the Brooklyn Bridge, dribbling or something like that. Bro, I'll never forget that, bro. Because that was, that was, like, come on, bro. You ain't had to do all of that. <laughs> like, bro, you don't have to act like you're from here, bro. Like, anybody else oh. not from New York does when he come over here. Act like they're from here, but it's fine. I mean, he fit in with the culture, I guess. Facts. I feel, yeah, like, I feel like K, I feel like KD too fits in with the broken culture, low key. In a way. Just yeah, they way. do. So we want to see. I just want to see them play together. That's what I'm really interested in seeing. That's gonna be a scary offense. <laughs> nah, that listen. The ISO game is gonna be okay. So which one of you gonna score? <laughs> I want to say that's gonna go. Um, talk about the playoffs, though. So that means people are coming back fully healthy. Yeah, most likely. Meaning Trailblazers are getting Nurkic back. Well, Trailblazers were going to get Nurkic back regardless. He was supposed to play on March 15th. That was supposed to be his oh, first game. Wow. Yeah. See? Well, now they, they're going to have him back back. They're going to have him ready. Yeah, they're going to have him like at full strength by the time it really starts tipping off. Who also dealing with injuries? Zion should get some good. They, they probably not going to manage him no more when he come back. Well, it depends if he's getting his working at home or else he's going to end up getting fat again. Nah, I feel like someone like Zion going to be working out, though, especially. Or he might just get lazy and start eating a bag of Lay's. He, he averages 24 points. That, he, he, that's talent. He, he got to do something. He working hard. Trust and believe he working hard. I mean, the Clippers better come back healthy, PG. Yeah, PG oh, better. Yeah. Like, oh, there's yeah. no excuse for PG. No oh, excuse. PG, you got a whole month off to, to rest that shoulder. Kawhi? Forget about it. Like, they better come back ready to play for sure. All right, so let's get into this game. We got um, Phoenix versus Lakers, 2006 playoffs. Um, Suns were the two seed, and the Lakers were the um, seventh seed. We got um, Steve Nash here versus Kobe Bryant. And this, the Lakers actually up in this – before this game, the Lakers are up 2-1 in the series. We got the Suns, who had an actual rough – not a rough season. They actually had a good season, but they're, um, they had a lot of injuries. Amari Stoudemire was out with a microfracture surgery. Um, so who, who was leading this team was Steve Nash and Sean Marion. 
Sean Marion was an all-star this season. I feel like Sean Marion's like super underrated in like yeah. when you go back in NBA history. Cause like Yeah, definitely. I think his jump shot I don't know, it made him famous, but kind of discredited him. I don't know. Yeah. Really discredited him, but like I think it blinded people from his real talent. Well, yeah, this he, go ahead, Rico. No, nah, because he was also on that team with the Mavericks that won that year. Yeah. Definitely. He had a big part in that one too. Yeah, he helped guard LeBron and then he was um he was he was, he was, he was, he was too. He was crucial on offense as well, yeah. Definitely. And but I yeah. remember they were saying how he gave him LeBron problems. Mm-hmm. When he was going at him. But yeah, this season Mar- Marion actually led the team in points, rebounds, steals, and blocks. So how much points did he average? Um, twenty-one point eight, um, eleven point eight rebounds, two steals a game, and one point seven blocks per game. Sheesh. Yeah. So he was walling. They didn't have Kurt Thomas this year either, so they basically had no big man this year. So Boris Diaw, who was listed at six foot eight, had to play center for most of the season. So they were kind of already on that small ball way before it was. Who's the, and who who the coach again? Mike Tony. Look at that. <laughs> it's always him. It's always him, son. This man don't him. like senses, bro. He don't like senses. He don't. But this this season he had no choice because his senses got hurt, and they was out mm. the whole year. That's why what he let you do what he's doing right now. I mean, yeah, he saw how it was working back uh, then, and he was like, I bet. He got to the he got to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't want to spoil this game. I mean, it's not even spoiling. People should know what happened in this game already in this series. But Man, um, yeah, they should have went to the finals. I don't go lie, the Rockets should have went to the finals, especially the game they missed twenty seven threes. They had that game in the bag. I'm weak. And they just sold it. But yeah, um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> uh, so uh, Mary, Mar- no, not Mary. Steve Nash got MVP, his second straight MVP. Averaging 18.8 and 10.5 assists per game. So, we got that. And then we got Boris Diaw, one most improved player this year. And then, um, yeah, so Lakers starting lineup was um, for this game was Kobe, Smush Parker, Luke Walton, Lamar Odom, and Kwame Brown. Mm-hmm. And the Sun starting lineup for this game was Nash, James Jones, Raja Bell, Boris Diaw, and Sean Marion. Okay. Um, the key of this series was, um, so, okay, wait, before I get into that, um, Phoenix was the best offensive team in the league for the regular season, but struggled in this series early on. Um, Tim Thomas was a big part of their offense. He averaged 17 points a game in this series at that point, but, um, James Jones came in for him because he got hurt, but Tim Thomas still played, but he didn't play as much minutes as he was supposed to. In this series, um, Thomas shot seven threes a game on 55% up to this game. So he was was jacking. So um, we got um, Kwame was stinking it up early, but he he redeemed himself later in the game. Like he was missing point blank Uh, shots and getting mad turnovers early on, like. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty bad. And before we even get into the video, I just want to say, at the NBA, are you still handing out contracts like this? Because, you know, <laughs> I'll gladly take that. No, that's a fact. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. They could definitely they could use a little Rico post hook in there. I'm saying, bro. bro, which, bro I'm telling you, wait till we get into the film, bro. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. So, like, we want to get straight into the Kwame, Kwame early on. I'm going to come up from the charge. Yeah. All right. Because... <laughs> Cause that man, son, you don't, bro, you don't really realize how bad he was until you see the clips. <laughs> no, I say hey, what? You, no, I say hey, how they said heck with him. Son. All right, so like here we go, um, Kwame right here. All right, don't, don't, don't. Do Kwame Brown posting up on D out. James Jones the rebound. Yeah, they played him straight. And he had, like, lots of opportunities like that. Like, he had some turnovers early on where, like, he was getting the ball and then he would, like, take one dribble. And lose and then, it. And lose it off <laughs> rip. Like, what? how? I mean, from the Stephen A. Smith clip, we do have that he had small hands. So he couldn't really catch the ball like that. So I don't know if he was doing dribbling then. Bro. Like, like Julius Randle. I just want to know how they got that man in the league, son. Exactly. Who's his agent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's his agent, bro? That man needs a bag to get him in the league, bro. That's a fact. But then we got um, 
We got um Nash. Nash started this game four for four. Um, he had no choice to because I mean they're down two one on the road. You could you have a chance of going down three one, and the chances of coming back three one at this point in history are very 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 slim. Mm-hmm. I think here we got another no. That's not another Kwame play. But um, I, what I noticed early on in this game is Boris Diaw is a great playmaking big. Like he was making a lot of um, definitely like a lot of plays from the post, and then we even saw it in like the Spurs run when he was with the Spurs in 2013 and 2014. They ran a lot of their offense through Dio in the post because like he's great at he has he has good vision and he's great at finding people when they're cutting and stuff like that. So respectable. Um, then we got um, uh. According to Mike Breen and Hubie Brown, who's broadcasting this game, they said the Lakers supporting cast has been playing well this series, which was surprising to them because they're no they're used to Kobe dominating the ball and his supporting cast not really coming through. But this series, um when I looked at the stats, like um Kobe was not really dominating the ball like this in this series. Like he started picking up his play later on in the series, but um he um Luke what was it? Lamar Odom averaged nineteen and eleven this series. Kwame Brown averaged um thirteen and basically six rebounds this series. Luke Walton averaged twelve this series as well as um Smush Parker averaged almost nine points per game. Then you had Brian Cook and Sasha Vujicic both averaging about six. So the Lakers supporting cast was coming through for Kobe early on in the series, but as we'll talk about later, they started to falter. So. Um, talked about Phoenix playing um, small ball a lot. Um, a lot of the, a lot of times on the court, it was like DL at the five, Marion at the four. Sometimes Marion at the four, Tim Thomas at the five, Marion Marion at the five as well. Um, so we got with like early in the early in the second quarter, um, Kobe Bryant picked up his third foul, and um, Odom had to carry the offense. And I think this is why you compared um, Ben Simmons to Odom, Rico. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Even watching this, I fake wanted to take it back because at least Odom was like taking shoes. He was taking threes. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he wasn't scared to take them. Like, and he was making some of them too. So, yeah. But yeah, Odom's Odom's great at playmaking in this in this in this overall. And then Luke Walton, I didn't know he was such a great playmaker in the post as well. I think that's why Phil Jackson really liked playing Luke Walton next next to Kobe and all those other guys because he was great at finding them when they were cutting and stuff like that. And there's some plays later on in this game that I want to talk about where um Kobe um not Kobe, Luke Walton um showcases um his playmaking. So um we got here Kobe explains why he's been unselfish unselfish in this series. I want to just play this clip so everyone can everyone can hear it. You know, it's more fun playing this way because you see how excited everybody is. You know what I mean? Everybody's having so much fun and they get into it. And it's beautiful when, you know, Stable Center's chanting Kwame Brown's name. You never even, you know, thought that that would be possible at the start. It was Friday night. They were chanting Yeah, he fried him, son. And they was chanting, they was chanting Kwame Brown, like, at the, at game three. They was chanting Kwame, Kwame, Kwame. And they did it again in this game, too, I think. Later on, so you know, Kobe. Kobe says, you know, it's fun to see. It's fun to see the other guys getting some shine, getting some love, and they're actually producing, and it's leading to wins because they up two one, and then they playing well in this game. As our YouTube viewers can see on the screen, we got Lamar Odom's actually the leading scorer at this point in the game with nine points. Kobe has eight. Brian Cook has seven. He came off the bench, um, gave him a little spark. Um, Luke Walton has four, and Kwame Brown has two. So. You know, Kobe was not being as selfish. He took less shots in this series as well. So that's what I mean. He he do whatever it takes to win. That's you gotta respect about Kobe. Facts. But like the narrative of this season, this was the season that he dropped, I think, eighty one in a game. Oh. So the narrative this season was like Kobe's super selfish. He doesn't like to pass the ball, all that. So mm, this is prime Kobe. And he was trying to change the narrative because this was after Shaq left and he had this this squad of basically no names 
But I don't want... Mm. Yeah, he he made Lamar Odom look good for sure too. I mean, Lamar Odom already made himself look good with his Clippers days for and sure. his Miami Heat days. So it was just meshing with Kobe that needed to be yeah. done. A lot yeah, of people couldn't do that. Yeah, because after Shaq left, everybody because remember it was like the whole feud between like Shaq and Kobe and like everybody basically. That's what basically started the narrative that people couldn't play with him, and then like. They were also that that good of a team, and Kobe was like taking a good amount of shots as well, too. So, yeah, definitely good changed job. a lot this game. Facts and and uh, what you call it. Um, so, um, tied at it was tied at halftime uh, at forty one apiece. Outside of Nash and Dial, the Suns were shooting twenty two percent. The Lakers survived with Ka- with Kobe in foul trouble for uh, for most of the first half because he had like three at the beginning of the second. So we had that. Um, the Suns started um, the second half on a 6-0 run to open up a six-point six lead. Um, Nash found Dial a couple times with um, tough passes in traffic in the um, pick and roll. And I'm about to let you all hear some more Kwame Brown chants because, you know, that's what the people are here for. Both ends, you can take a good hit. All right, and that was not even a good hit. Got to get the easy ones. In a game like this, you got to get either out on the break and we're having no fixed breaks today. There's only been one basket scored. This the easy dunk could have been an end one. Now, the key then is second shot attempts. Second shot attempts somewhat limited today because of good defensive rebounding. Well, then the key is, is in the half-court movement, every time you get a dunk, you've got to go strong because it's a potential three-point play. And once again, for the second straight game, Kwame Chance in the Staples Center. Kwame Chance in the Staples Center. Thought you'd never see it, huh? That open dunk on the week, though, son. Because that's what Kwame Brown did to do, right? <laughs> like he, like even like you heard Hubie. Hubie was like, "You can't miss those ones. Those are the easy ones, you know. Even when they foul you, it's two hands. You still gotta make that one." He like he literally. How tall was he? Kwame. Yeah. How tall was he? Like six eleven. Like six eleven. Yeah, he's too tall for that. <laughs> two hands, too. You too tall for that. <laughs> Facts. Nah, that's that's disappointing, especially in a playoff game, bro. You gotta. That's when you don't miss dunks, bro. When you keep it simple, and that wasn't no regular. That, that was a regular rim grazing dunk you could have did, bro. Exactly, it wasn't a back scratch or none of that. <laughs> it was nothing. It was nothing special for you to miss, young man. So we got um, Kwame was actually having a solid solid game. I don't know if we saw it on the screen there, but he had like um, he was averaging, not averaging, but he had um, yeah. So he's having a good game. He's getting the Kwame chance. He's getting the love. They're still down two at this point. Um, later on, Kobe misses about two free throws in the third quarter. I, I I wrote this down in my notes because I was like, say he didn't miss those free throws, they probably would have had a lead at the point and certain events later on didn't happen, and that just changes the whole overall out, outcome of this game. So I wrote that down because I thought that was significant. Um, Sean Marion was actually struggling in this series to score, but he started to like pick up his groove in the third quarter, scoring 10 points. And Who's guarding him, Kobe? Um, Sean Marion, I don't even remember. I think it was like a combination of Odom and like Walton. It was a combination of like Odom and Walton, I think. Because those are the two forwards that were mm-hmm. playing in the front court. And I think like whenever Brian Cook and whatever those other guys came in, they 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 played up on him too. Okay. But yeah, he ended up getting his first double-double of the series in this game, which was surprising because he averaged a double-double for the regular season at 21 and... Um, Basically, 22 and 12, basically. Um, calm, though. Yeah. For his position, too. That's definitely calm. Because he's undersized, and he basically had to play, like, the four and the five man for the most of the season because of their injury concerns, so. I know he's a beast on fantasy, son. I could imagine playing fantasy back then with, him, like, someone like him. Especially on a team uh, that depleted at the time. Definitely. Give him all the minutes. Man, it's twenty two and twelve. That's great numbers, though. For his and two, sure. two, two steals, about two, two blocks. Steals. Nah, that's 
That's something else. I it's I ain't like know forty at night, <laughs> bro. Like exactly. Oh yeah, fantasy wise, oh my yeah, it's like forty That's, at night. <laughs> if he efficient, oh yeah, yeah. He was pretty efficient because like he did corner threes, he did lobs, layups. Like he was pretty efficient. So and Nash was feeding him the ball too. Yeah, so you know he was getting good looks. So you know fantasy. If you have him and Nash on your fantasy, it's just oh yeah, you eating. Oh yeah, I know Nash. He was efficient. That's one thing about Nash. That, that was that not to know fishing. I think it was 50, 40, or 90. I think one yeah, year or two years. I think two years he made it. So you already it's know crazy. those two guys on fantasy were going crazy. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. Um, Suns start to open up a seven point lead once we get into the fourth quarter. And it's due to them forcing turnovers on the Lakers. That was, um, spoiler alert, that was the Lakers' downfall in a lot of the other games later on in the series. Um,. um we got some Devin George threes that cut the lead to one at one point. Shout out Devin George. I think he came out of Division Three basketball, so shout out I him. everybody who could make the best the NBA from Division Three, though. Um, Duncan Robinson started Division Three. And Clemson. How about that empty Clemson? No, what's his name? He was Ooh. on the Knicks. He was on the Knicks. I forgot his name. He got he got shot or something. I don't Remember? know what year. Um, damn, I can't remember. I know he came up a long way to make it to the NBA for sure. He had to transfer school like four or five times. Mm. He started from Division Three, and he was in it. He was in the NBA good, and someone shot him at a nightclub and oh, played no. for the Knicks. And I did not end his career so far. He was not bad though. Was, well, you know they say you go to the Knicks to end your career. So yeah, like I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. They're about to turn Przingis Crip over here, son. It's a good thing they moved him out of here. <laughs> what? He was on the. He was. You see the picture? He had the Nike tech on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nike oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawn, bro. They're about to turn him Crip. Yeah, laughing. He, he about to be yo. <laughs> yo. I, couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine him throwing up Crip in the game. That's what he's going to do. But I mean, they got him out of here for the better. It's about time for they get out of here. Especially all the injuries that's going on. And he was an MVP candidate. That's the sad part. He was? Who? I oh, won't, oh, nah. Oh, yeah, when was. first was playing, and he before he got like that big injury, that man was averaging like 29 points. Yeah, he was. Like, I he forgot was. how much boards and like two blocks. He was, he was wilding, bro. He the Knicks were like, winning yeah. games. Yeah. And then that happened. Not, everything's sick now. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. For real. All right, so um, we got Kobe picking up his fifth foul with about six and a half minutes left in the game. So Kobe has to play the rest of the fourth quarter, potentially overtime with five fouls. That's really discipline, and we all know Kobe's about discipline. So mm-hmm. like, you got to keep yourself really disciplined to not foul or not be too aggressive to get that sixth foul playing the rest of those minutes like that. See me, I'm getting that foul, so... I got to respect anybody who could stay in the game of foul fouls at all. Because that's, you got to call your defender. And that's, that's in the playoffs. You got to play defense every play. So Word. Like, and you know, Kobe, Kobe's an all defense guard, yeah, too. He's, so. he's about his defense. So I know you're doing this thing. RP to that, man. Facts. Um, so up till this game, Kobe did not reach the 30 point mark. And I don't think he did in this game either. Because when I looked at the box score, actually, um, where is it? Where is it? Um, he finished this game with 24. He wasn't even the leading scorer in this game. Who was the leading scorer? Lamar Odom with 25. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was carrying a good majority of the load when Kobe was down on the bench. Yeah, because like, a lot of the offense ran through him. He was the one handling the ball, running pick and rolls. Um he had eight rebounds, five assists in this game as well. Lamar Odom, so he was doing his thing. That's great, actually. Some great numbers there. But yeah, um, back to the fourth quarter. Um, gosh, uh, back to the fourth quarter. We got um. So they're um Suns go up. Suns are up eight. Um, with uh, a Sean Marion short baseline jumper. And the Lakers take a timeout. After this timeout, Kobe gets some free throws. Lamar Odom gets an and one. 
And at this point, it's down to three. And then the Suns can't buy a basket now. So um, then Sean Marion fouls out with 20 points at about two minutes and 37 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And it was funny because when he first fouled out, he didn't know and he thought he was still valid to be in the game. He was just standing by the free throws waiting for the guy to shoot his foul shots. And hear the music, um, you know that they play the music, hit the road jack whenever you foul out. So they hit, they played that, and he didn't know, and then he just was looking around. He was lost. So they took some time with that to review the play and I guess make sure Sean Mary knew he got – he was fouled out. So Suns are, are now even more short on bigs because there's no Amari due to injury, no Kurt Thomas. Now there's no Sean Marion because he fouls out. So the the um the lineup that the Suns are out there on the court with is Nash, Raja Bell, um James Jones, um Boris Diaw and Kurt Thomas. Not Thomas, um Tim Thomas. Um Odom hits free throws to cut it to one. Then Raja Bell hits a three to put the Suns back up four. And then <clears throat> Odom du- Odom gets doubled actually. Passes off to Walton, who finds um, Smush to cut it to two. Let me see if I could actually find that play real quick. Went over that, went over here, like, Summon goes up eight, free throws. What else we got? Wish I wrote down these timestamps. All right, so we got the Raja Bell three. And then we got Luke Walton here displaying some of that playmaking I spoke about earlier because I didn't know, like, that's what Luke Walton's specialty was on this team. I just thought he was just, like, one of the guys out there. But here we have. But they had to go for the trap, and that opens you up. Odom wants the ball. Here's the double team. Inside to Parker. Parker puts it in. Great basketball. Great basketball. Unselfish play. And one thing I didn't know about Smush Parker was that he was undrafted by, um, I think it was um, the late. I think it was yeah, it was by the Lakers this season. He started um all eighty two games, so I did not know. Because that. I, Lakers not bad at signing undrafted people. I guess something they've been thinking that for years now. I guess. Mm. Like Caruso, Andre Ingram. Oh yeah, him too. Oh yeah, I said Ingram was a bucket. Now, Caruso, two facts. Like, they, they know what they're doing with the um, undrafted. All right, so then we got um, um, Dial gets a layup after this play to put it up four. Then Odom gets called for an offensive foul. Then we got um, Nash misses a short fadeaway that could have put the Suns up six with about a minute and seven seconds left in the game. I wrote that down in my notes because we all know what happens later on, how if they go up six, then – it changes the whole course of the game at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got um, – hold up. I just want this to – all right. Then we get a Devin George three here. I force Nash to make the shot. Hold him on the drive. Good pass. Devin George for three. Devin George from downtown. Oh, that is – Terrific team basketball. That's taking the trap and making the pass without forcing a bad shot. George had seven points in the first three games combined. He's got 11 here in this one. Tim Thomas knocks it down. Thomas comes right back. The lead back up to four. How about that? Mike, come on. He caught that pass. He was bent over. And he had the ability and the strength, the strength to just go right there goes that Mamba look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his bag. Facts. But, I, yeah, th- um, I just want to show that sequence because, like, that was just, like, 
like you just see the change in momentum. Like the Lakers, they feel like they finally getting back into this late in the game. We see here 40 seconds left and Phoenix is up four. I mean, there's still a chance to win. You know, you play the foul game correctly. You foul the right people. Hope for some misses, you know. So um, Kobe, Kobe then misses a deep three. Um, Lakers foul to stop the clock. Then they have to foul again with about 12.6 seconds left. And Hubie was Hubie was um like upset because the Lakers they took too long to foul because time had gone off the clock. And like if you don't have a certain amount of time left without timeouts and stuff like that, you can't get the ball up court in a certain amount of time and then the game's over. So Dial misses the first free throw. So then you're like, there's still a chance. Then he makes the second. It's a five-point game with 12.6 seconds remaining. I just want to show what happens after that. So, the Lakers have only turned it over 12 times. They had already turned it over 14 at the end. Now it's open three. Smush Parker puts up the three. Oh, wow. Smush Parker with the clutch three. Who nah, would have thought? Wait, doesn't he get the steal? Yeah. yeah, I'm about to play it right now, actually. So, um, let's go to... Where is it? It's almost here. Uh, you serious, YouTube? Alright. Any fans out there, if you listen to this ad, you want something... Yeah, it's about time. Put down the bogeys. <laughs> All you people out there. 1990. Hot summer in year. You got to be matched up here now. You know, the clock, the clock. You cannot allow precious sec- seconds to go off the clock by not being close to a man. Okay. They'd love to get it into Nash's hands, and they do. Oh, they do. Well, knocked away. Stolen by Parker. Oh, here it is. Here comes George to Kobe Bryant. Bryant inside. It's good. So we got that play. Smush, that boy Smush was coming in clutch. And after this, we see actually here um, Kobe embracing him. And we all heard about the exchanges between Smush and Kobe in the past, like how like Kobe did not want to talk to Smush or anything off the court. So we all know how they, like Smush, Smush and Kobe's relationship was. So seeing this here, you know, Kobe like, really respects you if he's going to embrace you after you come up big in these moments in the playoffs. Like, first you hit the clutch three to cut it, and then you get the steal for him to get the basket to tie the game, to send it into overtime, so. Yeah, he definitely did his thing. Facts. So even Kobe had help. So everyone gets help. Facts. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the guys. stats, though, you would never tell, though. You look at the stats, that, you don't that's know That's why it's not good to always look at the box score. That's why I be telling these people on social media, the stats will not tell you everything about, like, what happened. I'm pretty sure there's some people with some horrible stats who definitely did a lot of stuff on the court. In fact, but it's it, the intangibles it correlate, and stuff like that. It don't correlate well, but it definitely makes sense. Facts. Facts. And so it's, it's all about the intangibles and stuff like that, too. Like, you, you probably see on the box score, maybe that's probably Smush's only steal of the game, but it's when the steal happened is what yeah, that too, affects sure. what, like, the story is. You can end the game with 10 points before you know you had those, you had the last 10 points of the game. Exactly. The most exactly. important 10 points of the game. So that's one thing about the stats. The stats do speak at the same time, but sometimes stats They don't tell the lie. whole story. They don't tell the whole story. Yeah. They tell a part of the story. Stats never show what's the Westbrook getting those rebounds that he used to back in the day. Now he earns them, but back then, you know? <laughs> That's a fact. I ain't going to say too much. I ain't going to hate on my boy. But, yeah, we got about 20 seconds here. We already know that um, they don't get um, a good shot, the Suns. So the game goes to overtime. Tip Thomas hits a three to go up three. Then Kobe hits some free throws. So Suns are up 93 92. Um, Dial blows by Smush Parker, goes up three, 95, 92. Smush was getting blown by a lot. Like, Smush, as, as much as he came in clutch here, he was also getting blown by a lot by Steve Nash, especially early in the beginning. 
And just by anybody that he was guarding. So now imagine being undra- undrafted and your first assignment is Steve Nash. In the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sick, man, bro. That's pretty sick, man. That's bro. tough. That's a, that's a Hall of Famer right there. Facts. So we got an Odom and one. I believe this came off of one another Luke Walton's feeds. Um. So the game is tied, yeah. Tied with one minute or so to go in overtime. Hold up, let me just get to that point real quick. Odom gets the and one. Then we come back down the court. Um, Deflected out of bounds or a foul? Oh, still Suns ball. Yeah. Deflected. Nash wanted a foul. As soon as Nash saw that Odom was playing and he was taking him one-on-one. And Mike D'Antoni will use one of his two timeouts with 10 seconds. 101 remaining in overtime. Bujic right up on Nash. Looking, shot clock winding down, and a foul on Vujicic right up on Nash. Off the foul, the shot clock reset, excuse me, to 14. Nash, a three. Bang! Steve Nash from downtown, and the Suns back up by three. And he's been struggling in the fourth quarter in the overtime. So, facts. Nash hits a three, gets the certified Mike Breen bang, so you know it's official. Facts. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that right now, really. Facts, bro. Facts, bro. So then we got Odom. He misses a layup following possession. Then Rajah Bell misses a layup badly. I think it goes out on him, too, out of bounds. Yeah, he made it. (laughs) (laughs) He made it. So then we got... um, 15.7 15.7 seconds left. Kobe goes for the quick layup. It's 98-97. Then we all know what happens after that. Let's just get right to it. Plenty of time, a one-point game. Nash coming up. They have to foul. Nash looking. Tied up. Reach in. Oh, the jump oh, the Nash was big. Nash was pissed because he said, I think he said either that he was getting fouled or that he called for a timeout. I don't know which one it is still. I think he was saying that he was getting fouled, but he was pissed. But they did a good job of trapping him because they, the, they got the jump ball. And then. Yeah. That's a lot of like, it's a second, that's a second like late game turnover. For like Nash, someone who's like a floor general. Yeah, channel. bro. He, he yeah. definitely was being in the clutch with the turnovers because he gave the he basically put them in a the game twice. But he also redeemed himself later on, as we'll talk about a little bit of what happened in the rest of the series after. But let's just go to the main play. I think everybody knows this play by now. But here we go. Six point one remaining. The Lakers. No timeouts here now. A one-point game. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! At this point, Lakers Lakers take that 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 commanding, historic three one lead, but as we all know, they did not hold on to this lead. I I watched actually game five, game six, and I watched game seven a while ago, but I remember what happened, and it was like, game six was probably the most competitive out of the last three games between the two teams because game seven game six went to overtime. It was at Staples. Um, Kobe put up fifty. Damn. He was going crazy that game. I know that's Kobe Bryant. But Lakers ended up blowing the 3-1 lead to the Suns. Suns moved on. They went to beat the Clippers, I think, in six in round two. So they beat both L.A. teams, and then they met, I think, the, the Mavericks in the conference finals. Who were the Clippers back there? It was um Sam Cassell and Elton Brand. They have Corey Maggetti, too, or am I tripping? I think so. Hold up. Let me just do some quick, probably quick check on that team. Some 2006 LA Clippers. 
let me just take a look at this roster real quick because I remember it was it was Elton Brand, um, Sam Cassell, had Chris Kamen, Sean Livingston, Corey Maggetti, Katino Mobley. So you know they had themselves a little, they had themselves a valid team that year, forty-seven and thirty-five. So okay. not too bad. That's good. Yeah, I they lost in the second round, I think, in then. six. Mm. I think they were relevant back then at all. Yeah, they were. I was surprised when I was looking back at like those th- that playoffs bracket. I was like, oh snap, Clippers. They were actually that was before they fell off. Yeah, that was before they had that point. Yeah, where they started to fall off. Yeah, they had a heavy fall off period too. They didn't get back to the guy Chris Paul. Well, Blake Griffin, really. And then, um, then the Suns met their end at the uh, at the Mavericks, Nash's former team. Mm, I forgot he played. For, I mean, forget he played for um, with Yeah, he too. played for them, and he played with Dirk. And you know what's crazy? I heard. I saw. Um, I was listening to actually. On Bill Simmons' podcast, he was talking about how, like, basically the Mavericks, after that series with the Kings in 04, I think it was, after Mike Bibby was just, like, frying Steve Nash, the, the, the Mavericks were just, like, just let Steve Nash walk. And then that's the reason why they let him go. Because he was getting killed by Mike Bibby in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean... Mike Bibby was fake nice no. <laughs> he, was fake yeah, nice. he was nice in those Kings days so He definitely was He was hitting nah. He definitely a bucket But like when I hear that he was like Frying Steve Nash To the point where like There was like You know I just let Steve Nash walk It's like sheesh Yeah that's That had to be tough To even you know to Cause I feel like if, if He got fraud I feel like if Steve Nash had stayed with Dirk just a couple more years and they got their chemistry right and the roster was like all together, they could have got a chip together. I feel bad for <laughs> Steve Nash because Steve Nash had so many opportunities to get to the finals and just never did because of so many stupid stuff that happened. It sucks because there's so much teams you could say that where they just made trades too early. Never made trades too early. Made yeah. some certain signings, etc. Or even just injuries just happen, bro. Stopping certain duels from being together, stuff like Facts. that. Facts. Damn shame. It is, but yeah, um, they ended up losing. Lakers ended up losing this game. I mean, it's sad that this moment had to go to waste, in a way, because it would have been nice to see. Because that would have been an upset, too, if the Lakers won, because they were the seventh seed. And if they moved on, that would have been a serious upset. Not for real. Seven over so two. Far. They had a deal on me. That's the most important part to it. Yeah. And you know what's funny? This 3-1 lead getting blown doesn't get talked about as much as other teams' 3-1's leads yeah. that have been getting they blown. Never, they, never let, they never let the Warriors go, ever. <laughs> ever. It's funny they don't let they, the Warriors go, but like no one talks about OKC blowing it right before them. Nah, so. they do. They do. I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, go, we go shut it up. Shut it up. Yo. <laughs> I think about OKC these days and that series. Uh, the, the only thing I can really think about is the regular season game against Curry. When you have a good shot. Curry shot. Robertson, eyes off. Yeah, that shot to this day will haunt me forever. I watched that game and nearly cried. <laughs> that game was a tough one to watch. But yeah, I think it's also the reason why they don't get talked about as much too is because they weren't around during the social media era. So, like, like we always have the social media receipts of like what happened in 2016 with the three, with the three, with the three one lead. But we don't have receipts of like what was going on behind them. Mm-hmm. At that time, sure. so I found this article from the Sundial, talking in from from two thousand um six, talking about this series because the storyline at this time was that in Game Seven, Kobe basically gave up because he wasn't being aggressive with scoring, and a lot of people were like, "Kobe, oh, he just gave up. He gave up. He quit on the Lakers at that point. He was done with them, etc." And that wasn't the point because the point that Kobe was trying to make at that point in the series was like, because everybody was like, oh, Kobe is so aggressive, is, is so, um, is what you call it. Kobe is. Um, they were calling him a chuck, bro. He's basically calling That's him a it. chuck. 
And then he was basically like, all right, bet, I'm a Chuck. All right, I'm, I'm going to pass the ball in game seven, the most vital game of the series, since I'm a Chuck. So that's what he did. And his teammates weren't delivering like they were earlier on in the series. And, you know, they got blown out game seven on the road in Phoenix. And that was that. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's Kobe's fault that they lost that series because he wasn't being aggressive in game six, in game seven. You can't, you can't win with the media narrative. You can't I mean, at all because they'll say something every time. Because I, I bet you after you dropped 50 in game six the night before, there was probably like, oh, look at Kobe. He's he took too so, much shots. He took too many shots and they lost. Look what happened. Like, you should go back to the way it was before when you guys were winning and he wasn't dominating the ball. So That's one thing, though. And that's one thing I don't understand why players never understood. You would never please all of your fans, bro. You can't There's please never anyone. a point. You would not please all your fans at any point, no matter how nice you are, no matter how you treat them. No matter how many burner accounts you make. It's just not going to work. It's got to, like, you, do You would never. So, so you know that. Yeah, they lost by 31 in game seven. Job for Sheesh. God. Yeah. 31. I was but... Thinking, but it happened again. <laughs> But yeah, um, let me just read this part portion of this article uh, from the Sundial by Justin Satsman. Shout out to you. But um, we got here. Um, it was nice for the Lakers to show up for Game Seven after Bryant proclaimed the Lakers would be fine. If you did not watch Game Six, let me tell you how it ended. The Lakers were up three with up by three with thirty seconds remaining, and Phoenix with the ball instead of fouling the Suns to force them to make one free throw and miss the second one on purpose, get the rebound, and make another shot. The Lakers gave the best three-point shooting team a chance to tie the game. Even worse for the Lakers, they had a foul to give, which meant they could have fouled the Suns, forced them to take the ball out again, which, went, which would have run more time off the clock and put more pressure on Phoenix. Steve Nash missed the open three-pointer with Sean Marion, who had been outworked the whole series by Odom, outworked Odom, got the rebound, and passed it to Thomas behind the three-point line. Thomas then faked out Kwame, and made the wide-open three-pointer with six seconds remaining. I actually remember watching that play because they had the game on TV the other day. So mm-hmm. I remember that. And yeah, I was then, like the coaching, too. The coaching has a lot to do with that, that mistake. Continue coaching, too, but then also execution on the court. Yeah, for sure. Go Bryant ahead. then had a chance to win the game, but came up short and sent the game to overtime. Phoenix dominating overtime and won the game and basically the series. That's tough. Yep. Kobe was basically by himself that season. Not basically by himself. He had help, but yeah, that roster. But by the time game seven stayed. came, no one else showed up. Yeah, it's the worst part. And that's when you need everybody there. All right, I so I, sure, but yeah, I have another por- portion of this um article I want to read real quick. Um, Bryant could not have done any more in game six to keep his team in the game, making incredible threes and other amazing shots. So it was unfair to blame him for that. He was invisible for the second half of Game 7, but even if he had scored 50 again, the Lakers still would have lost by more than 20. Phil Jackson came up with a brilliant game plan throughout the first four games of the series, but when it mattered most, he went brain dead. The coach who could inspire anyone could not inspire his team to win two huge playoff games. Maybe Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal did have a lot to do with it, considering Jackson has not won a big game without at least one of them. Oof, this guy was in his bag. Yeah, he 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 got something against that man. Nah, but it's true. When like when he you look at the first four games of the series, that Lakers team looks completely different from Lakers in Game Five, Six, and Seven. Like, I don't know if it could really to do with Jackson. Also, but you gotta forget. You can't forget. It also, got to do with um, what you call it, coaching so, different like game plan. Nah, game plan. Certain things adjusting. you stop, you know, people's tendencies adjusting. Yeah, bro. But like that after game, but well. they won after game four. So like, if that game plan worked in game four where you won, why change it for game five? And then I understand if you change it after game five because game five. You I'm lost. talking even the other team, the other team mm. adjusting on defense too, learning the tendencies, knowing who to guard, when to guard them. I'm pretty sure. How much good games does much Parker have? I don't think that much, honestly. Like I don't. See, so. Things like that. But one thing I noticed in game five was that, um, what you call it? Um, Kobe, nah, Kobe was being aggressive early on, but then after a while, like 
it came to the point where Phoenix was just raining down threes. Like they weren't shooting that. They were shooting the same amount. So basically, in the first Phoenix couple was, of games, but they just started to get hot because they were at home. Basically, any any D'Antoni team looks the same basically over time. See that right there? Because he took about they taking random threes. They were taking mad threes, and then they were they were hitting them at this point, and they were at home. So you know, and then um, Raja Bell um. He, what you call it? He clotheslined Kobe, got ejected, and then got suspended for game six. So they're already shorthanded even more for game six, the Suns, and they still managed to win that one. So Kobe also got ejected in that game. Beginning a technical for talking to the ref. Oh, of course. He made it. <laughs> but, they were, they, but they were down big at that point, so he was just laughing oh, so it off, and he went to the locker yeah. room. So, yeah. He wanted to get out of that game. That man. Sound like he wanted to be there. Laughing it off. I mean, when you get a bit blown out, I don't think anyone wants to be there, but yeah. Um, it's a, and then to finish off the article, the guy says, as for the Lakers, yes, it is inexcusable to lose three games in a row when only needing one to win the series. But the better team won, which usually happens in a seven-game series. After being down 3-1 and costing his team a chance to win the series, Nash comes back and plays the best basketball of his life which is why he is the MVP. And a lot of people say he didn't deserve that MVP that year, but when I look back at, like, all the injuries that his roster went through and stuff like that and seeing the team that he had to carry, and they were basically playing, like, a foreign style of basketball at that point, I, I, I kind of agree with him getting the MVP. I mean, I, did, I never disagree with it, but I kind of agree with it more at this point. So. Yeah, I feel you. I definitely agree that he should have won the MVP that year, but in terms of, like, that exact statement of what the guy said, I feel like it wasn't too accurate accurate of a statement because, I mean, uh, a lot of the times Nash did put his team, even though Nash were, like, hit, was hitting, like, you know, clutch shots to, like, bring his team back into it, he was also working against his team. So, like, he was literally just balancing out. And, I mean, they could have won this game, but they yeah. didn't because he did what he did. Yeah, and who knows if this series – gets tied 2-2 after this game. Like, a whole bunch of different narratives change. We probably never get this Kobe Bryant game winner, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different stuff changes from this point. All right. So, y'all have any finishing thoughts before we end this tonight? Or oh, uh, Rest in peace to call Anthony Towns, mother. Facts. Send my condolences out to that family. Facts. Well, fact, RP, RP. Um, Michael Dole says anybody who's lost anybody these last few weeks, you know, I've been hearing, I've been seeing too much RIP everywhere. So it's really sad to see. And I need people to realize, like I said in the previous like podcast, people are dying, bro. We having a thousand people are die a day from this, bro. So please, bro, if you're not, if you have nothing to do outside, bro, stay in your house, bro. Be in your house and watch some Kobe Bryant highlights. Watch some NBA highlights. Do something, bro. But don't go outside to be a waste, man, bro. Facts. And don't panic like, buy either. Man, yes, don't panic buy, bro. Stop coming to stores and panic buying, bro. Stop says doing a, that, bro. Says a store employee. He's tired of <laughs> seeing y'all. Yo, don't come in here and buy 14 packs of water, bro. Your family don't need that much water, bro. <laughs> some of y'all I don't even drink water. Y'all don't, happy y'all don't even drink water, bro. You come and buy 14 packs of Corona. Mind you, 14 <laughs> packs of Corona. They're having 15 packs of uh, freaking Heineken and stuff. Like, come on, bro. Come on. Yo. Stay, stay, no, I'm going to go lie. I went outside the other day to get some food, and I'm seeing people still hang outside, going outside, getting dressed, getting lit. Stay in your house, bro. I don't get it, bro. People people, people not going to take it serious until it happens to them or someone like close to them. And probably some at that point still won't even take it serious. So selfish. Let me tell you, um, one thing for sure that I don't think a lot of people know about the virus. I don't want to be a little activist. I'm just saying for yeah, information. 5G. Nah, nah I'm not, I ain't gonna say it's <laughs> no 5G, New World Order, Illuminati. I I know. I don't got no time for that, bro. By the way, for you 5G activists, just stop it. You're making people sick, bro. You're making people sick. Stop it, all right? 5G does damage, but y'all don't have the tax right. So please relax. Get y'all facts straight, right? And number two, coronavirus definitely lives on your shoes. Like, I heard it lives on the shoes for a long time, like, on the floor. 
So map those flaws, bro. That's what I'm gonna say. Map those flaws. That's what I'm gonna say. I don't think a lot of people know about that. Like I heard in Italy, most of the cases happen because it came in through their shoes. So that's just some information people don't know. I haven't been outside in like literally a month. I haven't been outside in a month. So I go outside to I go to the neighborhood to just walk around for like ten minutes a day. That's it, bro. Go to the day. That's if I go that. outside. Bro, you trust that. me, you keep yourself sane and go outside, bro. Cause you're inside all day, you look at the TV screen all day. Like, literally, I just stay inside and do schoolwork all day. So, that, that, that'd be blowing my mind. Facts. I feel you on that. I just can't wait for the players to come back, though, for sure. Yeah, we need some basketball to keep us keep us sane for a little bit. Sure. Alright, I guess that's it. I'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Make sure y'all subscribe. On the YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts on any streaming platform. Uh, make sure y'all catch the Twitter page at FBL NBA Pod. And we'll catch y'all next week. Later. All right, y'all. Keep that family safe. Keep safe. Keep safe.